Mic check, one, two, one, two. I'm back. Took a week off, but I'm back. A taste to consider podcast. I swear that week off felt like shit damn near a month. But I wasn't going to take too much time. I'll get to that later, though. Let's go. Mic check. Back for another episode. The Chase to Consider Podcast. It feels so good to be back. Yes, it do. Uh. I don't know how long I could wait in these walls I've been on the streets too long Looking at you from the outside in They sing the same old song About how they was always the cleanest I beg to differ, I must have missed them I'm not involved, I'd rather diss them I'd rather call on you, put your wall up Cause when I come around, demolition go Say sick and sit podcast Back for another episode it feels so good to be back. Like I said, man, I swear, that week that I took off felt like damn near a month. I was sitting thinking today, even before I put the uh, my outline together, I was like, damn, it felt like it's been longer than a week since I recorded. But I needed to take that week off, man, I tell you. Um, I'll get into it later, but I definitely needed that week off. Um Shit, we back for another episode. And as soon as I started recording, I got real hungry. I think it's because I got the TV on because the uh, pay-per-view fight coming on tonight. And um, I guess this is supposed to be the uh, Cinco de Mayo fight. Uh, It's May 1st, Saturday right now. I'm recording. And um, tonight, uh, fighting is a heavyweight pay-per-view fight and it's uh chris um let me make sure i get the names right because i'm known for jacking up some names (laughs) on the podcast so let me get that right but man it does feel great to be back uh i took a nap before i uh, got everything together (laughs) for the show so i had to you know get myself up yeah damn i sure enough messed up the names i said chris ruiz it's andy ruiz versus chris Ariola. uh yeah that's the heavyweight fight tonight it's a pay-per-view fight uh two uh i believe they both mexican um uh let me see i think they both mexican uh but they both of hispanic they both are hispanic so um 
Yeah, it's supposed to be the Cinco de Mayo uh, fight. They always have a big fight around Cinco de Mayo. Um, shoot, when before Floyd Mayweather retired, he was known for having a fight around Cinco de Mayo and fighting a Hispanic fighter. So, um, yeah, this is the fight tonight. So I got to get through this show before the fight come on. I'm known for pre-gaming too much and <laughs> waiting to the too long by the time I finish recording and editing the show and uploading it. I I damn near missed every uh undercard fight and about most of the, the main card. So uh I don't have too much to talk about uh tonight. Uh I did have a, a show planned for tonight, but I decided to uh save that for next week. Um Hopefully next week, depending on, you know, you never know what happened. There's always something going on. But um, I honestly haven't been really on social media and stuff like that the past week. And I took the week off. I was just, you know, chilling, just uh, taking some time to, to breathe. Shit. To breathe. But um, tonight I'm smoking a Punch Cigar Classico. It is a... Um, Perfecto cigar, and there's so many different. There's a size chart to cigars, so this is a Perfecto size cigar that I'm smoking. It's a Punch cigar, Classico, and I am drinking. Well, let me let me go back. The cigar is 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 pretty good. It's not strong, not strong at all. Perfecto's a, a um. Small in length, but um, they have like a sort of like a flare to them as far as the the uh, shape of them. They flare out from the um from the top of the cigar to the the tip of the, of the cigar to the um the back of it. But yeah, it's a good a good cigar. Not strong at all. It goes good with my drink. I am drinking a Maker's Mark whiskey tonight. Um, this is a whiskey that I've had plenty of times before on the show. And it's it was left over in the house. Um, with me taking that nap, I wasn't able to go out and get a, a new whiskey. Uh, but I will get a new whiskey for the next show. But this Maker's Mark, um, it was, wasn't... Shit, it was damn near touched, but um, it's a good whiskey. It goes good with the cigar. Uh, certain whiskeys, um, people like a, to add a splash of water to it. That gives it a better taste as far as a better, um, it enhances the flavors of the whiskey. So I added a splash of water to the Maker's Mark and... Um, Got a nice uh, round ice cube in there, and it tastes great. Take another sip. Uh, this is my second glass right here. Um, I had one glass while I was pre-gaming and getting the show together. But um, since the last time I spoke with you guys, the week that I took off, um, Shock G from Digital Underground, he passed, and... Um, he was in his fifties, man. That's that's 
it's a it's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people in the in our culture, the black culture, particularly hip hop culture and stuff, with uh DMX, Black Rob and stuff dying in it, you know, at a young age, because 50 is still young. Um and shoot, and I was thinking earlier when I was even when I was writing it down on my um outline, I was like, I was like, damn, it used to be, you know, back in the day, black men used to always have this thing, this this bad aura around them uh, about, you know, not making it to 18 or 21 and stuff like that. But, damn, it's, it's to the point now, once you get past that threshold, it's it's another bad aura around, If am I going to make it past 50, you know? Am I going to make it to 60? Am I going to make it to 70? Am I going to make it to 80? And we got to start taking better care of ourselves, um, mentally, emotionally, and physically, because even once you pass that threshold, you know, it's still more life to live. You know, 50 years old, shoot, that's that's still young. I mean, potentially, you got 30 more years to live if you if you look at it like the the life expectancy um, of 80 years old, you got 30 more years to live. That's a lot of years, you know. It's a lot of years. Uh, so, yeah, uh, us black men, we got to take care of ourselves better, you know. Um, let's not get, let's get away from getting caught up into nonstop working and trying to maintain a, a monetary lifestyle according to social media and society and stuff like that. And let's just start living. Let's start living in the moment. Let's start traveling. Let's start getting together, hanging out more, uh, you know, having healthy conversations, uh, doing healthy things, trying new things. I mean, I swear the first time I traveled, it was just like, that was like a drug to me. I wanted to do more. I wanted to see new places. You know what I'm saying? I haven't been to a lot of places, um, honestly, because, uh, you know, my past struggles with uh, depression and anxiety, I was just so stuck in, in this cage or whatever. I didn't go a lot of places. I didn't do a lot of things, and I still haven't. But the times that I do, you know, visit other states, other countries and stuff like that, it's, it feels good. It's a drug, you know what I'm saying? It, it just shows you it's more out there. It's more experiences just to be around different people, different cultures, eat different foods, see different things. It's just a beautiful thing. So, cause I ain't gonna lie, I'm itching right now to to travel. I'm itching right now to go to go somewhere. Um, but yeah, we gotta start taking care, better care of ourselves, and just start looking, um, looking beyond the the quote unquote legacy thing, cause it's just a big thing with this legacy stuff, um, and what we gonna leave to our kids. I mean, it's good to leave certain things, you know, to our kids to pass certain things on. But we got to understand we got to live our life as well. And we can share these moments with our kids as well. The traveling, taking them to places and stuff like that, getting them in the habit at an early age to not get so uh, caught up into just staying in, in one place, staying, you know, staying at home or staying in your home state and and not trying new things. I mean, because honestly, I mean, that's that's how I learned. You know, my parents didn't travel like that. They didn't really take us places. 
<laughs> we always went. The only place I I remember going as a kid was going to North Carolina. So that's all I know, going to North Carolina, because that's where my parents was was from. And it's to the point now where I despise going to North Carolina because we went so damn much. We never went on any family trips outside of just going to North Carolina or going to Richmond or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So if you got kids, travel with your kids. You know, it's 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 tons of deals out there. It's tons of deals out there on Groupon. Uh, what's the other joint? It's you know all the other joints out there that's like Groupon and stuff that you can find deals for traveling and stuff. You can take a whole family on a trip for like five hundred dollars, uh, or even less. But you know, it ain't even gotta be outside the country. You know, we still dealing with uh COVID and stuff like that. So do road trips and stuff. You know, it's it's tons of uh, places that you can explore in the United States. Tons of places. But um, <laughs> it's something interesting that I noticed uh, since, the, since the past couple of episodes that I've done um, and how I promoted them on particularly Instagram. Um that's where I do most of my main uh, promoting for the show on Instagram. Uh, I do some light promoting on Twitter. And if I do any promoting on Facebook, it's because my pages on Instagram are tied to my Facebook page. So it automatically uploads. But I don't, I, I don't even go on Facebook. Facebook is just like dead to me. I don't, <laughs> I'm surprised people still use <laughs> Facebook. I know it's a thing for older people, but... Um, yeah, it's still a lot of people my age and younger that still swear by Facebook. But um like I said, what I noticed the past couple of episodes and me promoting the show is I have been shadow banned on Instagram. Yes, I have been shadow banned on Instagram. And if you don't know what shadow ban is, Usually, if you do like some some crazy stuff on social media, they'll uh, put you in like Twitter jail, Instagram jail, Facebook jail, or whatever, where you can't post stuff uh, for a certain amount of days on social media. But if they don't do that, if you don't do nothing that's crazy against their guidelines, where they have to ban you from posting, they shadow ban you, and shadow ban you means that. When you post things, people won't see it according to the algorithm. Because usually when I post stuff on Instagram, uh, I, I mainly do more posting in my stories. And I'll have, I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram, maybe like 900, 900 and some change of followers on Instagram. Because I'm not really, even though I use Instagram mostly, I'm not that active on it. But that's the social media that I'm the most active on. So usually when I post stuff on Instagram, I post it in my stories. Anytime I promote any any stuff with mental health or my blog, greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog, or the podcast, a taste to consider podcast on Instagram. On my main page, like the main, like my main personal page. I post stuff in my stories. I'll have like a hun- hundreds of people looking at my stories. 
the past couple of shows that I've been doing and just promoting the shows and stuff, because I've been talking a lot about COVID. I've been talking a lot about racism and politics and stuff like that. And like I said, <laughs> I usually have like hundreds of people looking at my stories. I, lately, I can barely get 10 people to look at my fucking stories. So that's when I knew I was shadow banned <laughs> on my personal page uh, and probably on my uh, podcast page as well because it's the same promotion. But I don't really I'm not really active on my podcast page. I just have it up, you know, just to have it as a main source for the podcast. But, yeah, I've been shadow banned on Instagram. Like like I said, hundreds of people will see my stories. I'll be lucky if I get 10. And I was like, damn, that shit job blew me. I ain't going to lie, I'm job frustrated about that because I I got a new venture, a new a new project that I, I, I just dropped today. I just launched today. And nobody's really <laughs> nobody's really seeing it. You know, and that's my main source for people to see what I'm doing or what I got going on uh, in my life that I want, that I actually want to share. And usually the things that I want to share have to do with spirituality, mental health, my podcast, or if I'm just being goofy in the moment. But yeah, I've been shadow banned on Instagram on my personal page, so... Nobody is seeing the shit that I've been promoting and stuff, and I'm just pissed off and frustrated and and blown. I ain't gonna lie, y'all know I'm I'm pretty much uh, vulnerable about my feelings and emotions, um, and yeah, that shit job job, job blown. <laughs> I'm shadow banned on Instagram, and I'm like, damn. So little old me with my little nine hundred and something followers. Shadow ban because I'm talking about the blackity black, the politics, the COVID. You know, I got my opinions and and I'm throwing out my facts and stuff like that. And I've been shadow banned. <laughs> I've been shadow banned, <laughs> and I've heard plenty of people talk about it because I follow a lot of um, blackity black and quote unquote conspiracy theorist people on Instagram and stuff like that and they always talk about how they've been shadow banned their posts aren't being seen and their stories and stuff like that and you know encouraging people to share share you know um, what they post and stuff like that because that's the only way that you can really get through the shadow ban if people actually share your stuff like that is the sharing sharing your uh, the, the things that you post and um saving saving uh the things that people post on Instagram is like the the top algorithm breakers. You know, that's how you push through the algorithm. If people save your post or share your post. Likes is at the bottom. Literally likes is at the bottom of the algorithm. It goes saving your post, sharing your post, commenting on your posts and liking your posts that's how you those are the levels to the algorithm and honestly like usually you know i don't care about all that stuff you know because i know even if people don't like your stuff they still want to see it but since i'm shadow banned they not even seeing it 
So it's like they definitely not gonna like it because they not seeing it. <laughs> so it's a it's a frustrating thing. It, it definitely is frustrating. <laughs> but uh, like I said, uh, rest in peace to Shock G, and Shock G is an important person. Uh, I'm not gonna say important person to me, but Im- important person to the culture because of the the type of music that he did, you know, he did a lot of fun music, a lot of, um, he incorporated a lot of musicianship into his music when it came to hip hop. And it's funny because a lot of people never knew that Shock G was Humpty, Humpty. Um, and it's still to this day that people was confused by that. But another, you know, important thing that Shock G, uh, did for the hip hop culture and just, society period was giving as i will always say the greatest rapper of all time tupac shakur his start you know he produced a lot of uh hit records in tupac's early career form and you know he's an important person to hip-hop and stuff so you know i'm always going big up shock g because he was just he was shoot if it wasn't for shock g i wouldn't have known about no tupac and it's funny because I remember back in the day when I first uh, found out about Tupac was when Digital Underground was in that movie called Nothing But Trouble with Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and all of them. And they had the the song on the soundtrack, same song, and that's when uh, Tupac was introduced to the world as a rapper because he was a roadie and a dancer a backup dancer for uh, Digital Underground. But that's when he was introduced to the world on the same song. And um, I remember uh, seeing him in the movie and not really knowing who he was, but knowing who Digital Underground was. But there were some other things that, you know, happened um, during the week off. Uh, We got the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict um he was guilty um and it was crazy because people were still on pins and needles wondering if he was going to be uh convicted or not which is um black people which is not weird at all because we um we've gone through this i mean shit back in the 90s with rodney king they shit they had that shit on tape and they still got off Still got off. And I'm just I'm just sitting here talking and talking, and I ain't even introduced the show. So let me at least do that. Let me at least introduce the show. <laughs> you see, just one week, one week off, and I've I've been thrown off. Let me introduce the show. Taste to consider podcast. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, back in the 90s, they had the shit on tape, and Rodney King, the people who, the police officers that beat Rodney King up got off. It's just, it's just a crazy, crazy world we live in, crazy country we live in. 
Um, and even after the uh, Dirk Chauvin verdict, you know, all the black folk was celebrating and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was sitting there uh, when, when they said the verdict was about to come in. I turned on CNN. That was probably the first time I turned on CNN since Obama was in office, <laughs> or since uh, Biden was elected. I'll say that at least. But even before Biden, you know the the election, I ain't turned on CNN since uh, Obama was in office. I'll take a sip. Um. And I gotta be honest, when the verdict came through, I didn't have any feelings about it. I was just, I was, I remember laying down on the couch. The verdict came through, and I was just laying there. I wasn't like yes or or excited or anything like that because I'm just like, you know, this ain't justice. You know, justice is, you know, putting in a, a bill, an act, or something for police reform so they won't be doing so they won't be just killing us in the street you know this was more so accountability you know the officer being held accountable to a degree for killing george floyd and we can't really call it justice because shit right after the verdict like a couple of more black people were shot by the police one being Makia Bryan and the other, uh, it was a gentleman in North Carolina, Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I'm forgetting his name at the time. But he was shot by the police. And earlier this week, the judge um, ruled that they wasn't, they wasn't going to release the police footage. And I believe the mayor of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, put in place uh what was it? emergency let me see i should have had this up but i didn't even think i was going to really get into this tonight um emergency order Yeah, it says um, body camera footage of North Carolina deputies fatally shooting black man will not be released to the public. And they've been protesting down there. Um, his name is Andrew Brown Jr. Andrew Brown Jr. It's crazy, man. So it's like you got Black people celebrating and stuff like that, not even knowing that other black people getting killed at the same time by the police. We got to stop. It's to the point, it's like, I don't even understand why we celebrating this shit. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to judge because it's people's feelings and emotions. So you're going to feel how you feel. But it's just like we got we got more work to do. It don't really matter. It's, it is no justice. But also, um, a topic that I spoke on uh, on the previous episode, the COVID-19 Hate Crime Act was passed, um, and that was for Asian Americans. 
that was passed. Yeah, interesting. Last time I spoke on it, they was putting they was um, they was putting it in the place, but now it's been passed. And there's just more evidence that um, they don't care about black people and uh, Joe Biden and all the Kamala Harris and all the congressmen and stuff that claimed that they was going to be doing stuff for black people. Excuse me, Burt Wan. They ain't doing shit. I mean, they they lied. I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's it's like... It's crazy because it's still black people out here trying to defend Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and stuff. And I've had personal conversations with people that just totally disagreed, that listened to particularly the last episode that I had two weeks ago, um, that they disagree with my views on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I just didn't say anything because there wasn't no need to say anything. Because if you still at this point defending Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I don't think it's any any hope for you to ever have any type of different opinion unless something personally happens to you to see it any other way, honestly. That's why I say I, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I just don't debate with anybody. I was in the barbershop Thursday and these uh, two dudes was debating over Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, and voting Democrat Democrat as being a you know a black person or whatever. And as I've stated plenty of times, I'm an independent and I feel as though every black person should be an independent. We shouldn't be holding no alliances to either side of the of these parties because when it comes down to it. Republicans, Democrats are the same damn thing. They just fighting for who want to be in charge at the moment. Neither one of them care about us. Well, one thing that I thought was um, was funny that we wasn't hearing anything about was the fact that... Uh, the Ahmaud Arbery trial was taking place right now. And outside of that, but still having to do with that, uh, the three gentlemen who chased down Ahmaud Arbery and killed him were charged federally with a hate crime. But right now they're dealing with uh, their charges in the state of Georgia. But there, there wasn't any talk about, you know, there wasn't any talk about that, that case going on. And it's, it's just crazy how certain things go under the radar like that. Because after the uh, Derek Chauvin verdict, the, defen the defense attorneys for um, the men that killed Ahmaud Arbery uh, felt as though that <laughs> because of the Dirk Chauvin verdict that their clients were going to be acquitted of the charges for killing Ahmaud Arbery. <laughs> 
the family of Ahmaud Arbery, you know, they they said that they found hope after the verdict of Derek Chauvin. But um, the defense attorneys for the men that killed Ahmaud Arbery, they was like, yeah, this verdict also helps us. They said that, you know, they believed, <laughs> they said they believe the verdict is in their client's favor, which, which is interesting. But I think a lot of times, you know, they just be pandering and stuff through the media. But we'll see how this case goes. And if it will start getting some more attention, actually. But President Biden, he did his presidential address, finally. He took a long time to do it. And it has been a 100 days since he's been in an office. And he hasn't done anything for black people, like he said. Uh, you know how that goes. Or do you? Do you know how that goes? I just, I just don't understand how this folks still, um, rooting for Kamala. Rooting for Kamala. Rooting for Biden and believing him. But uh after President Biden's address to America, Senator Tim Scott, Republican, uh came out and gave his uh his rebuttal, his response to Joe Biden's um, address. I didn't watch it, by the way, but I'm going to play uh, Tim Scott's uh, response. Some of you may have heard it, some of you not, but I'm going to play it anyway. Nowhere do we need common ground more desperately than in our discussions of race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason, to be followed around the store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. In 2015, after the shooting of Walter Scott, I wrote a bill to fund body cameras. Last year, after the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, I built an even bigger police reform proposal. But my Democratic colleagues blocked it. I extended an olive branch. I offered amendments, but Democrats used a filibuster to block the debate from even happening. 
My friends across the aisle seemed to want the issue more than they wanted a solution. But I'm still working. I'm hopeful that this will be different. When America comes together, we've made tremendous progress, but powerful forces want to pull us apart. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. I'm an African-American who's voted in the South my entire life. I take voting rights personally. Republicans support making it easier to vote and harder to cheat. And so do the voters. Big majorities of Americans support early voting and big majorities support voter ID, including African-Americans and Hispanics. Common sense makes common ground. But today, this conversation has collapsed. The state of Georgia passed a law that expands early voting, preserves no-excuse mail-in voting, and despite what the president claimed, did not reduce election day hours. If you actually read this law, it's mainstream. It will be easier to vote early in Georgia than in Democrat-run New York. But the left doesn't want you to know that. They want people virtue signaling by yelling about a law they haven't even read. Fact checkers have called out the White House for misstatements. The president absurdly claims that this is worse than Jim Crow. What is going on here? I'll tell you, a Washington power grab. This misplaced outrage is supposed to justify Democrats' new sweeping bill that would take over elections for all 50 states. It would send public funds to political campaigns you disagree with and make the bipartisan Federal Elections Commission partisan. This is not about civil rights or our racial past. It's about rigging elections in the future. And no, the same filibuster that President Obama and President Biden praised when they were senators, the same filibuster that the Democrats used to kill my police reform bill last year has not suddenly become a racist relic just because the shoe is now on the other foot. Race is not a political weapon to settle every issue the way one side wants. It's far too important. Well, America isn't a racist country. I mean, that's the gist of what he was talking about. <clears throat> After his response, it was crazy because everybody started calling him Uncle Tim. Like Uncle Tom. <laughs> um, but here is President, Vice President, sorry, Vice President Kamala Harris's response to that. 
Senator Tim Scott said last night that America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination with more discrimination? I believe that we need to, well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its, and its existence today. And I, I applaud the president for always having the... She said America is not a racist country, but we need to acknowledge America's racist past and its existence in today's society. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, man. Ability and the courage, frankly, to speak the truth about it. He spoke what we know from the intelligence community. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. And so these are issues that we must confront. And it, doesn't, it does not help to heal our country, to unify us as a people, to ignore the realities of that. And I think the president has been outstanding and a real national leader. We know on the issue of saying, let's confront the realities and let's deal with it, knowing we all have so much more in common than what separates us. And the idea is that we want to unify the country, but not without um, speaking truth and, and requiring accountability as appropriate. You can't make some of this stuff up, boy, I swear. Oh, my goodness. You really can't make this stuff up. So she, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with this, honestly, because it's like, I'm tired of, I'm tired of talking about it because, like I said, at this point, if, if people aren't seeing what's going on or they want to keep defending Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as a, and you're a black person, and this is not me, you know, moving on to the Republican side either. Both of them full of shit to me. They both full of shit. Um, and they're both lying. But it's just plain in your face. Plain in your face. But it's like people just so caught up into symbolism and stuff like that that they can't get past it. They can't get past it. I mean, you heard the clip when Kamala Harris sat there and said, I'm not saying that I'm going to do something do something just for black people. No. I mean, she literally said that. And and she she's being true to that word. <laughs> she's being true to that word. They aren't doing anything just for black people. They doing it for everybody else. And as I'll say again that I've always been saying and I'll move on, they are building a new base. They are building a new base of Asian Americans and Hispanic Americans. That is what their new base is going to be. And that's why Joe Biden, when he spoke with the so-called black leaders, when it was leaked, he told the black leaders that we need to be hopping on with the Hispanic and Latino community because... In a few years, we're going to be obsolete. That's what he said. So, moving along. I said I was going to get back to um, why I took the week off. And I took the week off, honestly, because of this bullshit. This bullshit right here. Um, the politics... 
the killing of black people. I just I was just tired of it. I was tired of talking about it. Shit, it, my listeners. I've had I had conversations with a few of my listeners of the podcast, and they said that they they was tired of me talking about it. <laughs> you know, because it was just the shit is draining. The shit is draining. It gets to you mentally, emotionally, and then it seeps into you physically. And I was just fucking tired. I was tired, and that wasn't the only reason either. Um, I was physically tired. Um, I'm back in the gym full time. I was doing tour days. Um, I was physically tired. I was mentally tired, emotionally tired, and I was also tired because of uh. A lot of stuff that I've been having to confront uh, in therapy lately. Um, a lot of past issues, a lot of uh, foundational issues that still shape certain thoughts I have and relationships that I have with people or how I look at those relationships that I have with people or how I conduct myself in those relationships. Um I was just going through it honestly. And it, it and it made sense once, you know, uh that was last week, like all last week. I was going through it, particularly last weekend, that I was feeling it the most. And we had the um the full moon that just came up last Sunday and part of that full moon was bringing bringing up old old stuff and that's exactly what came up old thought patterns old uh things that I uh I needed to confront in uh relationships particularly friendships um and it just took it it just it honestly just that shit took me out <laughs> Excuse me. Burp uh two. But yeah, it took me out. That full moon energy brought up a lot of stuff and it took me out along with the uh being back in the gym and uh this killing of black people, the anxiety and PTSD around that, man. It was just it was a lot. So uh, I didn't want to take a break because I wanted to stay consistent uh, with this season and just straight go through. But I always have to put my mental health first. You always have to put your mental health first, no matter what. Which is all fitting because today, with it being May 1st, today is the first day in the whole May of month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And... Let me bring up a couple of uh, facts. One in four adults experience mental illness every year. One in four every year. And I think it's even, I think it's even a greater statistic than that because you know the stigma around mental health 
um, people just aren't, you know, vocal about, you know, what they're really going through, going through mentally. But one in four adults experience mental health every year. One in five people actually have a mental illness, and I believe that is greater than that. But, you know, even though one in five people have a mental illness, five out of five people have mental health. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I'll always say everybody experiences some sort of mental health issue. Everybody. It doesn't have to be... um, a flat-out medical diagnosis of suffering from depression or anything like that, but we all deal with some sort of anxiety, some sort of fears, something at certain points throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. But With the stigma of mental health, people won't admit it. People, with the stigma, there's not enough education out there. There's not enough information out there because enough people aren't talking about it. So people aren't going to align with, oh, because I'm irritable today that, you know, I'm just irritable. A lot of those things are just symptoms of a greater thing, and that greater thing being a mental illness. Mental Ill, mental health is just like physical health. One day, one day you you might just have a toe ache. You might have a toothache. You might have a headache. Anything that doesn't that's just like mental health. Mental health. I mean, one day I might be sad. One day I might be irritable. One day I might be angry, et cetera, et cetera. It's the same thing. It's all health, health, health. I mean, I don't. People got to stop looking at it as though, and that's the biggest thing about the stigma around mental health. People look at it as though if you have anything that has to do with a mental illness or anything that has to do with your mental health that is considered you're crazy or you can't function, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of high, hyper-functional people out here. that are dealing with a mental illness. There's a lot of hyperfunctionality when it comes to mental illness. And people don't understand that people that's that's working a lot or people that feel they got to have all this money or they got to be able to prove that they doing all of this or stuff like that. That's hyperfunctionality. People that's not talked about enough when it comes to mental health or mental illness, hyperfunctionality. A lot of people that always got to be out doing something or hanging out and stuff like that, not not being able to sit sit down or sit with themselves and stuff, that's a form of some sort of mental illness. It's a symptom of a mental illness, but that's not discussed enough, particularly in the black community. And, you know, a lot of times people like to say, you know, it's invisible. It's not that it's invisible. Is that people just don't want to be accountable. People don't want to be aware. We aren't talking about it. I talk about it all the time when I first came out with my blog, greatestiamblog.com, and I started talking about 
my past struggles with depression, my struggles with anxiety, social anxiety and stuff, people did not believe me because all, all people focus on is the outside appearance. You know, they see I had a house, they see I had a car, they see I had a government job, they see that, you know, I'm good looking, um, you know, that is an ideal life to some people, and people will look at it as though that nigga is lying. That's, I mean, that's how people looked at me. People challenged me. People still challenge me to this day that I'm just talking out the side of my head and not being really true with my mental health struggles. Just because a person, it seems that a person has it all together doesn't really mean they aren't facing things behind closed doors or inside of them. And a lot of times, those people don't e aren't even aware of it themselves. Like I said, I didn't start. I didn't. First, I didn't start going to therapy until 2013. It was always uh, talked about or suggested or implied that you know maybe I had a. I'm dealing with some sort of mental illness, depression, or something like that. But it got to the when I was younger, like you know, it was pointed out and stuff like that. But nobody never never took me to therapy or anything like that. It got all the way to the point where I'm in my thirties, and I really had to just sit down and think for myself or. You know, be aware that, you know, I'm tired of going through through some of the things that I'm going through. And it's a re it's a recurring pattern of things that I've been going through that I need to go get help. So that's when I first started going to therapy in 2013. And and as I say, and as people say, period, people with us in the mental health community and stuff like that. Healing isn't linear. Like. I think one of the things I look at it like just period when it comes to politics and mental health and stuff like that or just just your life in general. Ignorance is bliss. And as long as people don't aren't aware of anything that they feel as though they can just keep going on and on and on and on. And I feel like as though when if people are afraid of being aware or being accountable or accepting and acknowledging the fact that their mental health isn't. all there or you know they aren't healthy enough to actually con conduct themselves in their daily lives or in relationships and stuff like that so as long as they they aren't aware of it or anything like that then they can just move on they 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 see it as though as they're fine And I think a lot of times people are afraid to acknowledge it, to accept it and acknowledge it because they feel as though if if they accept it and acknowledge that they're they're dealing with some sort of mental illness or whatever, that everything has to be all about healing or you got to live this serious life or you can't have the same fun that you were having or anything like that. But. Before I started going to therapy, before I start, before I actually accepted and acknowledged that I actually was dealing with some sort of mental illness, the fun that I was having wasn't really fun. It was coping. I was coping. Uh, 
had a lot of coping mechanisms. I talked about uh, with my social anxiety and how I would use substances to get over it, you know, drinking to loosen me up and stuff like that. And, you know, it's plenty of people out here that drink every day, people out here that smoke weed. And not to say, you know, a lot of people use weed to um, help with their mental illness, anxiety, and stuff like that. That's not the thing. That's not the problem, but it's about actually being diagnosed and using it in the right way. You know, a lot of people use sex to cope, uh, shoot, eating to cope, not eating to cope, 24 hours in the gym to cope. I mean, even before, like, even before... I started going back to therapy after I, after 2013. I spent all my time in the gym, but that was just coping. That was coping. I didn't really get to a healthy point until I started incorporating everything into my life, the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, spiritual, and physical. And a lot of times people feel as though, you know, once you get, once you start getting into healing and stuff like that because i even dealt with it people feel as though you know it's a quick fix you know if you start going to therapy and stuff like that oh well then i should be good i should be good in this this point in time and stuff like that but you got to look at it as though you spend a certain amount of time dealing with all these bad habits dealing with all this trauma and stuff like that you're just not going to get over 15 20, 30 years of trauma and bad habits and coping, substance abuse and stuff like that over, you're not going to get over that in a year of therapy or a year of any type of um, tool you're using to heal your mental illness, whether it's medication, therapy, spirituality, meditation, any tool, because these are all tools. They are all tools. You know, the, the mental, the stigma is, is deep-seated, is deep-rooted. And it, it, it will never get to a point where that stigma can go away unless people will start being educated on... Um, Mental disorders. People see it as it being a, a personal weakness. You know that there something's wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just like physical health. I mean, just because you have a toothache today don't mean your your physical health is just trash or you can't function through your life. Going to therapy and, and dealing with a lot of mental stuff just ain't about depression and anxiety. It's about learning how to conduct yourself in, in the workplace or deal with, with certain things that trigger you or just being able to just have peace in certain situations. The stigma really prevents people from getting help and accepting and acknowledging Anything that's that may be out of balance in your life, because everything is is a yin and yang to life. You know, you're gonna have your negatives at times. You're gonna have your positives, but it's all about having a balance. And just like last weekend, I was 
going through what I was going through mentally, emotionally, and physically. But I knew that it wasn't the the end all be all. Back in the day, I would have been like, "Oh my goodness, I'm I'm done." You know what I'm saying? Oh, I can't get through this and all that other stuff. But I just knew it was for a moment. So I just had to feel my feelings, emotions, and stuff like that. And I just had to get through it. I had I just had to ride the wave. And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes you just have to ride the wave through things. I mean, that's with anything. But... um. Like I said, one in five adults in America experience mental illness. One in four experience it a year. Nearly one in 25 adults in America live with a serious mental illness. One half of all chronic mental illness begins by the age of 14, three quarters by the age of 24. And with me going to therapy, I found out that I started going through my depression at the age of 13, age of 13 and 14. So those st- statistics line up. One in 100 American adults live with schizophrenia. 2.6% American adults live with bipolar disorder. 2.6% may sound small, but that's 6.1 million people. which is 16 million of American adults live with with major depression. 18.1%, which is 42 million American adults, live with an anxiety disorder. It says 43.8 million adults are living with mental illness. And I'm sure, you know, that's greater. I mean, these are just statistics of people who actually, you know, came out and were diagnosed or actually mentioned that they were dealing with some sort of mental disorder or mental distress. And it's it's worse for black people. Like 20% is like 20% more of black people deal with a mental illness than white people. But the difference is we don't seek the help like the white people do. We don't. African-Americans are 20% more likely to develop a mental illness during their lifetime than their white counterparts. 20% more. And you know, ours are really deeply rooted into more than just, you know, a chemical imbalance or um, trauma from our childhood. It has to do with PTSD, anxiety around violence, the police killings and stuff like that. We have a much greater chance of us dealing with a mental illness than our white counterparts, which, like I always say, all black people are dealing with a mental illness. I mean, I see it. And I see it based off of the experiences and the things that I've gone through. Like, we are all mirrors to each other. So, this, I've talked about it plenty of times how I see a lot of my friends and stuff like that, or family members, or people that I associate with, or 
any other black person that I have some sort of relationship with, I can see that they're dealing with some sort of mental illness, but they they wouldn't acknowledge it, you know, or they won't acknowledge it. It's just, it's it's sad. But, um, yeah, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, in July, it is uh, African-American or Black Mental Health Awareness Month. So, you know, I'll be doing my part in spreading the word and bringing awareness to it and stuff um, wherever I can. Um, it's it's a tough situation. Just just thinking about um, the past couple of years with me starting my blog and starting this podcast and stuff and the growth and the evolution that I've had just in my mental health period, just to be able to experience uh, any type of emotional or mental distress and it not debilitate me in my life, you know, um, and going to therapy and understanding my feelings and my emotions and stuff and being able to heal certain traumas that I've, I've gone through, um, in my childhood and try to fix certain habits and this, and this stuff that I'm still doing, you know, and it's fine, you know, because this, this is uh, allowing me to open up more. It's allowing me to be more confident and have more faith and trust in, my, in myself and my voice. And I've been more re- rewarded through this process, through this journey, than I have been emotionally or mentally stressed. I have gotten particularly tremendously better with dealing and handling situations, whether it's in the workplace, in relationships with with uh, friends, in relationships with uh, my significant other, with women, um, in relationships with myself. Just period, just relationships all around, because everything is a relationship. You know, dealing with coworkers, significant others, anything. It's just all about relationships. A relationship which is so going on and on. But yeah, it's a, it's been definitely more rewarding. Um I would be lying if I said at times I didn't get frustrated about certain things um, or being dealing, still dealing with certain things or having certain thought patterns and stuff like that. But everything is a process and everything is is, is levels to everything, honestly. But <clears throat> I encourage everyone, if you're not uh, seeking some sort of help mentally or and emotionally to do it you know um if you can't go to therapy if you can't pay for therapy um through your insurance 
Uh, if you have employment, they have EP. You can go to your human resources department and see if they have an EPA program, EAP program. I think that's what it's called. I can't remember. Um, but they offer therapy for free and it's confidential. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, it's definitely a lot of resources out there for you. But one thing that um, <laughs> when I, I do do my reading on mental health and stuff like that, particularly in the black community and how um, the stigma for black people or whatever is around, usually around the fact that black people just look at it like, I don't want to go talk to a therapist and stuff like that because I feel as though, you know, I'm telling I'm telling my business or my family secrets and stuff like that. And... <laughs> And even on the religious aspect, and um, it was a statistic. I think it was like eighty percent of uh, all all people who uh, identify as African American or Black are uh, religious, and they have um, issues with going to therapy and stuff. And for that that particular reason, I said about because they feel as though they're airing out their family secrets and stuff like that or selling business and stuff and then that's just that's just stuff that's just you can't let that stop you from getting the help that you need you know it's okay to be uh selfless and uh, sacrifice for other people and stuff like that but you also have to be selfish you also have to have those moments of selfishness where you take care of yourself, you know, put those boundaries in place and stuff like that. Because you're no good to nobody if you're not doing good personally. But moving along, another um, part of my growth and my evolution and healing is today is a launch day for me. Today is a launch day. This episode will be titled Launch Day because today, uh, with it being May 1st and the um, first day of Mental Health Awareness Month, I launched my website, a taste to consider dot com. Uh, a taste to consider. Um, it, it's my business. I am now considered an entrepreneur. Um, a taste to consider is will is and will be my clothing brand um i'm not sure what else it will evolve into in the future but you can go to a taste to consider.com and i have um clothing up there right now my first two products are men's uh and women's t-shirts and those T-shirts are therapy and heel T-shirts. Um, they're in a variety of different colors, both male and female. Uh, therapy and heel is is something that just popped up into my mind. And I was like, I'm going to put it on a shirt. I'm going to put it on a shirt. And I always had a, for years, even before I started pod podcasting or uh, blog and anything I always wanted to have a, a clothing line I always have good ideas and 
And it's not even I, I think I have good ideas. I know these are good ideas. <laughs> I I know they the a lot of ideas that I feel as though are good and great ideas. I had them and then I didn't pursue them or you know did anything with them and then years later I see somebody else doing them. But this time I actually started something and I completed it. You know, if I don't make one sale, um, I completed. I started something and I completed something. And it's definitely something that I struggled with over the years, particularly because of my depression and my anxiety, my fears of failing, my fears of succeeding, my fears of not knowing what's going to happen, my fears of not being totally in control of the situation. So um, this is a big thing for me. I would be lying if I didn't say that I had some fears around it, uh, but I did do it. And once again, it's at taste2consider.com. Right now I have two products on there for men and women. Um, there will be more in the future, but I'm starting out because it's Mental Health Awareness Month to promote mental health awareness. Uh, I have my therapy in Hill shirts up there for men and women so go you know go to the website check it out purchase a shirt excuse me purchase it for yourself purchase it for somebody else that you know that's in therapy or if you're in therapy or if you're soon to be in therapy just promote it you know this uh this business this project this venture isn't about me making money honestly it's about my evolution, my growth, my healing. It's about me actually starting something and finishing it. Um, it's about me promoting mental health awareness. Um, I will be um, donating a portion of the proceeds of the sale of the Therapy and Heal shirts to a um, black mental health organization um i have a list of them right now and i'm trying to narrow down which one i'm actually going to uh donate to so you know check out the website um i plan to go more in depth into my feelings and emotions about it um on my blog uh i should be writing that tomorrow and you know posting that soon so check it out on greatestiamblog.com if you're not already following greatest greatest.i.am.blog on instagram follow it um yeah i'm excited it's crazy because um yesterday when i actually finished everything with the website i went into the kitchen and i was just making me some tea i finished it in the morning time so i usually drink my tea in the morning i was in the kitchen and I'm not going to lie, I was standing there waiting for the tea to finish brewing, and I, I just straight up cried. I straight up cried. <laughs> I cried because um, I was proud of myself. And it's interesting because um, just thinking about me being proud of myself, I was thinking a few weeks ago, over the past couple of weeks, I was thinking about how I never had, I never really had anybody say to me that they were proud of me um, when I was a child or just period, like ne never. I don't, I can't remember um, the last time anybody said they were proud of me or, you know, I it, <laughs> me saying it to myself. So, you know, 
a lot of times we we have to do the leg work with uh loving ourselves the self-care the self-love and self-value self-worth and stuff but it feels good though you know when other people do it as well um but not that's not to rely on the validation of others but you know yeah growing up i didn't have anybody say that they were proud of me or anything like that um and even as a teen as a young adult and adult uh, i don't know i can't think of it any time that that's happened but you know yeah i was in the kitchen and crying and stuff i thank god thank you know the universe my angels my ancestors all of that out i'm i was truly proud of myself i'm truly proud of myself um because this is a big thing for me i'm putting myself out there even more um i don't know what's going to happen with it honestly um I I I have doubts every now and then about, you know, if it's going to fail or not, what other people think about it, um, you know, friends, family and stuff, what they feel about it, if, you know, if they're talking negatively behind my back, you know, I'm, I was just talking to my therapist so, uh, the last session that we had that I'm, I'm still, you know, I still have that problem with, you know, always running to the negative about things so that's something that you know we're working on but yeah a taste to consider.com it is is up and i finished it in a week but i've been working on it for a while but you know having the fear having the doubts and stuff i was putting it off i was being lazy on it and a lot of times you know it just wasn't it wasn't just as simple as me being lazy the that quote-unquote laziness was a symptom of my fears, a symptom of my anxiety, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I did it. <laughs> and we'll see where, where it goes, you know. Um, I have other projects, other things that I want to do that I've been holding off on because of anxieties, fears, doubts, and stuff that I hope, you know, well, I'm not going to say I hope because I will complete. Um, I will complete. <laughs> um, I've been working on the book for a while and I have been bojangling on finishing it because of fears, doubts, fears of failure, fears of success, fears of what people are going to think, fears of it not being good enough, you know. So, you know, it's it's still there, you know, nobody's perfect. And just like I was saying about healing is linear and stuff like that, you know, it's always, there will always be some sort of struggle, you know, but it's just about, you know, what tools do you have in place to get you over the hump? And for a lot of years, I've been told by uh, professionals that I'm just trying to get over the hump you know I'm, I'm struggling with getting over the hump you know it's it's not that I'm totally you know uh struggling and mentally and emotionally which is not to say that you know my mental and emotional struggles aren't validated but you know my diagnosis is that I'm just trying, you know, that I'm working, I'm struggling with getting over the hump, you know. Um, I've 
gone through depression, um, but I'm still struggling with anxiety, um, particularly social anxiety. So it's just all about me, you know, working to heal those things that I've gone through as a child, uh, those traumas and stuff like that, and getting over the habits that I've I've um, picked up because of depression and anxiety, um, because I feel as though that those are really the biggest things once you once you start getting into the healing and growth journey is that you have to get over a lot of the habits that you picked up over the years, you know, um, trying to protect yourself or the self-sabotaging habits and stuff like that. So, yeah, com. This is launch day. Um, um, yeah, go support it. Go Continue supporting the podcast, the Taste to Consider podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my blog, greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog, Instagram, a taste to consider podcast, a taste to consider on Instagram, as well as a taste to consider.com. And like I said, I got the therapy and heel shirts up there. Um, support me. I mean, I don't know what else to say with it, you know. Um, even though I'm proud of myself, I'm still very, you know, I still got some fears and doubts about, you know, around everything. Um, not, you know, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of it not working out and stuff, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but I just... Thank everybody for their support, and I will speak to you next week. Um, and I'm gonna leave it off with this a clip, with this clip, and then I'll play a song to end it. So I thought this was a good clip uh, for this episode and the start of Mental Health Awareness Month. Draw boundaries. God sees you. The universe sees you. But you got to take a little ownership of the fact that you you make it this way. You got to make time for you. Do what's best for you. You can still be self-sacrificing and selfless at times but it's okay to be selfish too you gotta recharge your batteries in your mind and your space and your time it's okay to do that yeah I thought that was a good clip I'm going to play a song uh in remembrance of Shock G. Rest in peace to Shock G. Um, let me see. Because I had a lot of good songs that I like. Um, let me see. 
I like this joint right here. I ain't gonna play something that you know. I ain't, I was gonna play same song, but I'm gonna play this joint right here. I like. I remember liking this joint back in the day. All right, let's go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Yeah, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. It's a taste sickness to the podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. This is Digital Underground. Kiss you back. It's about time that I clear this So pardon me miss But I'd like for you to hear this If you kiss me then I'll kiss you back You see I feel real good inside And it's just from your nearness There's no need for you to fear this Kiss me, I'll kiss you back Ooh. Well you look kinda cute to me I think we can achieve this Plus you act like you need this Kiss me and I'll kiss you back Yeah, real fly Money D's not buying it Quit denying it, you're better off trying it Freak me, girl, and I'll freak you back Through any kind of weather Will me and you forever stay together Well, I just don't know, but I'll tell you what, though If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Kiss you back And I guess you wanna know if I'm gonna be around I ain't sure, but I'll tell you what I do know If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Kiss you back Alright, let's do this If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Yeah, kiss me, and I'll kiss you back If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back You with it? If you with it, I'm with it. Yo. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Yeah. Just kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. I'll kiss you back. Now I'm hoping that you hear me, cause I love it when you hear me. And I'm telling you sincerely that if you kiss me, girl, I'll kiss you back. Cause I really, really, really like you, and I just wanna make it clear. Say stick and sit a podcast. Kiss me and I'll kiss you. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Let's say sick and sit a podcast on Instagram. Let's say sick and sit on Instagram. Let's say sick and sit a dot com. Greatest.i.am dot blog on Instagram. Greatest I am blog dot com. Kiss me and I'll kiss you back. Alright, sing it with me again. Come on. Kiss me and I'll kiss you back. Come on, keep it going. Kiss me and I'll kiss you back. Say sick and sit a podcast. You know I know you know I know you know this. So I guess that we can do this. Kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Know what I'm saying? I mean, how about that? Kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. you, it's a deal to me. But you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Yo, let's kick it one more time. Come on, kick it. Kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Say sick and sit a podcast. Kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. If you play with my feet, 
Tasting instead of podcast. If you hit me, then I'll hit you back. Say sick and sit a podcast. Like some I do. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Except I do it like this. <laughs> Hit it, girls. If you pinch my nose, I'll play with your toes. <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yo, if you look real cutie, I'll play with your booty. Yeah. Yeah. Check it. Yo, look, if you hold my nuts. All right, that's enough. That's enough. No, 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 huh? Come on, man. All right, no, all right, no. Let's just keep it cool. You know what I'm saying? Say sick and sit a podcast. I need to go get something to eat and get ready for this main event. I'm hungry than a mug. Say stick and sit a podcast. Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, say stick and sit a.com. Greatestiamblog.com. I'm Shadow Band on Instagram. <laughs> like. Share, follow, support me. Do what you do. It's going to be what it's going to be. I'll talk to you next week. I'm out.